Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Queer Superhero Show with myself, Mondi, the Queer Superhero, right here on YouTube. On this show, we pride ourselves in saying that sex work is work and it's something that we continue to advocate for and will never stop advocating for. As, as uh, such platforms such as OnlyFans getting popular and booming in this country, we like to acknowledge creatives who are moving the sex work in Africa forward. And I think for me, it's one, one thing that I'll always support and continue to support for as long as I live. With me today is content creator, Writer, actor, OnlyFans content creator, Ah, Marlon67. What's up, baby? I'm chilled. How you doing, boo? I'm fantastic. It's always quite great to get to see you because we know each other so much. Yeah. And we've we've been following each other for quite a long time. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um, and I think this is one interview that I've been looking forward to doing because we're gonna talk about sex. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody that knows me and knows a lot of my Twitter history, I used to talk about sex quite a lot. Mm, you still do. Uh, I still do. <laughs> I still do. Because yes. you know? I think sex positivity is something that's so amazing. Yeah. And I think that's something we should advocate for. But thank you so much for coming onto the show. Thank you for having me. I really, really, really appreciate it. So listen, on the show, we always pride ourselves in how people identify in their particular pronouns. So I often start off the show by saying, Hi, my name is Mondi, the queer superhero. And I identify as a queer. And my pronouns are they, them, and their. So how do you identify and uh, what are your pronouns? Hi, my name is ah! Marlon67. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Um, okay, I'm, gay, I'm gay identifying and my pronouns are he, him, baddie. He, him, baddie. You already know, you already know. Listen, identity is a journey, you know? And it's something that I often remind people because uh, very often people tend to think that we just woke up and decided to be queer. And I think that's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So can you take us to the earlier stages where you actually became aware of your particular identity? Hmm. Um, it was my first kiss. Okay, not my first kiss. My first kiss with a guy mm -hmm. um, who happened to be my first love for five oh, years. Great. <laughs> How old were you? I was in grade 11. Okay. I can't really remember what age that was, but yeah. I was in grade 11. It was like 17. No, 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 no. I was in grade 10. Ah, late grade 10. 16. Yes. yes. I was in grade 10. He was in matric. Um, so, yeah, basically, he was my tutor. He was tutoring me Afrikaans because um, I was really horrible with Afrikaans. Um, <laughs> so, after school, every day, um, I used to go to his house or he'd yeah. come to my house and then we'd do the um, the tutoring lessons. And on some random day, we were having like a random argument about like a stupid Afrikaans word. Yeah. And the argument ended up being a kiss. Ah, <laughs> yeah, like we ended up making okay. out. Um, wow. That was quite weird for me. Yeah. Um, it was quite weird for him as well. But both of us just acted on impulse yeah. and we were just drawn into what had just happened and basically that's how like i kind of like identified like what i like who i am yeah. and that that was the the journey the, journey, the beginning yeah, yeah the that beginning, was the yes. like enlightenment of like yes. aware of it yes I mean, that, that, that's so cool i mean i remember i mean i kind of always knew i was gay since i was like six years old or something i mean at the time i didn't have the language to be able yes, to articulate yeah. and say that oh i am gay you know but until i was like 14 15 where like i'd be having weird dreams about boys and then i'd be like oh my god this is like real you know <laughs> then i was like ah this is real and then i made up with a boy uh, who was also 
with me and it was just kind of like whoa I actually like this mm-hmm. you know and the rest was history yep. and I think I was 15 at the time so here we are today almost same age yeah right yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's when the hormones are starting yeah. to kind of be active you know I mean not for everyone some people start exploring this in like varsity 19. that's very true yeah very, so I, mean, I didn't have sex until I was like in varsity <laughs> <laughs> Ah. Clearly I started very early ah. <laughs> I started very early Ooh, I am dead so Listen, when you became aware You know, did you decide to share this with anyone? I mean, I think at the time when we all come out You know, we often think about like Ah, oh, I need to protect myself Or, yeah. uh, you know, if people find out about this There's a certain kind of shame that actually comes with that But who were one of the people that you decided to share this with? Okay, um, so at the time um, I didn't have someone in person that I could mm. like share this with yeah. because I grew up like around a lot of straight circles so I yeah. didn't have anyone that I could like talk to about something like that that had happened yes. however I remember it was back in the mixed days and I was part of like a young group chat which was like about like seven of us and it was like oh. gay people basically and like we could we would just like have random like mixed chats about like you know like gay stuff or what would be happening and yeah those were the first people that I shared um, what happened yeah. with I didn't know them like in person but oh, so they like felt like yeah like oh. we just met on Mixit like on a chat room and then we just oh. discovered that like we like guys and yeah that's, that was a that was an interesting time back then. yes yeah, very interesting, interesting. It was very comforting for me though Because yeah. like Every night I just log in Onto Mixit And then like Just have people to chat with You know About like random gay stuff That like no one no In my circle, circle Could understand no. Yeah That's so amazing I mean I often tell people That it is so important To pride yourself In you know In creating a digital community A lot of the times I mean when we think about uh, In other parts of the continent Where you know It's kind of illegal To be queer You know I often encourage people In a lot of the spaces That I host That I think it's so important For us to create like a digital community mm. where we can be able to kind of create a safe space for each other yeah. so I understand when you're able to say that you know Mixit became that yeah. kind of platform for you back then and I think for me that's such a beautiful thing so queer people experience quite a lot of prejudice you know and prejudice comes in many forms I often remind people of that that people often think that prejudice is you having a physical altercation only but no there are many things there's microaggressions mm. that people do you know I, I'm, I'm very keen to find out what are some of the prejudices that you have experienced you know even earlier back then when you were still younger or even now in your life a, a particular incident that you can take us to okay I'll just touch on like back in the younger days mm-hmm. um, so I also grew up being a gamer um, I'm very much I'm very big Like um, On video games So I grew up Like being that Little boy At the arcade games Like you know Like being within Like video games And stuff like that Yeah The the prejudice that I remember Like experiencing During those days Was the fact that I was A, a gay man You know Around Like Spaces where, but Like arcade Arcades were just Straight boys yeah. You know And there I was With my um, Cute self In my cute colours With my pretty self Going there Like amongst like A whole group of like Straight boys I was still a teenager Like yeah. 13, 14 Around yeah. those Those times yeah. But I do remember that Um in my teen in my in my teenage chapters i would only go to like arcade games when i would like visit my grandma's my grandmother's side because when i was at home they made sure that they buy me tv games playstation everything wow. to just stay at home That's and play lovely. yeah because most of the times i would come back home like crying saying you know like i got 
um, teased about me being gay and yeah, stuff like that. So yeah, I think maybe they were just like, ugh, just stay home and play your games in here, you know. But I was still that boy that wanted to be within the arcade games. And I feel like I've always just stood up for myself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, even when I would like experience prodigies, for instance, like would have like tournament games yeah. whereby like um, the boys would bet like money and would say, okay, cool, let's play a game of King of Fighters, yeah. Street Fighter or whatever. Those who win, take the money, you know. So they would pick like teams and I would always pick be picked last, you know, because they were like, ah, what does this gay boy know? Until I actually get onto like the actual arcade and show them flames, you know. That was always the case. I always show them flames. Like they that's that's actually how like I I kinda like change their perspectives yeah, about you yeah, know like but, what you know, they thought you know because they would be like whoa like i'm getting thrashed by this gay nigga like you know <laughs> so yeah those were the prejudices that like i i do remember experiencing mm-hmm. most of the times it was like around cool. like yeah gamers and stuff like that yeah i mean yo i can imagine being young you know being denied the ability to be yourself it's such a horrible thing i mean you try to occupy different spaces i often i even often think about people who are athletic and they like do sports in school and you know mm. sports are predominantly very cis head yes. and, and heterosexual and they push that ideology you know and it becomes very difficult to be queer in, in such spaces i mean i can imagine gaming as well which mm. is predominantly heterosexual yep. you know and to try and occupy that space on its own it becomes a very difficult thing to do you know i mean you mentioned the fact that you know your family would buy you games and they want you to stay at home and kind of just you know be in your own little world. I mean, I want to talk about being black and queer. You okay. know, a lot of the times, you know, family plays a very important role. You know, um, did you is this something that you shared with them and how did they receive you? Um, with regards to like my sexual identity, yeah, your or, sexual identity, yeah. Um, to be honest, I didn't really have to share. Mm. It's almost like. Uh, they knew like especially my mom so my mom passed away when i started high school Mm. but i feel like my um identity started way before that it started in primary but i didn't know Mm. she knew so like i would have like instances whereby like like i said i'd come home and like i'd be crying Mm. and then she'd be like why are you crying like no i'm teased for for doing this whatever blah blah and then she was like don't worry like that's that's you you know you know um but she passed away like i said when i started high school and then um thank you um my dad assumed that it was like a, a phase. A phase, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, also him coming from where he comes from, he didn't understand how I grew up, grew around straight friends, mm. yet I am gay, you know? So to him, it was just a matter of, ah, no, it's just a phase. Yeah. And then he'll, like, get over it, you know? My siblings, um... My best friend is my, 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 my older sister. Like, we, she's literally the... The male version of me, I'm the female version of her. Oh, wow. And oh, wow. yeah, she was also the one person that, like, I'd. But I only started sharing, like, um, stuff like this with her, like, when I was about to finish high school. Yeah. Yeah. But she, she encouraged it because she, since she's the firstborn and I lost my mom at a very young age and I'm the last born, she yeah. had to take that role. And since my mom was already that, like, affirming person who was like, it's okay to be you, be you by all means be. My mom used to buy me dolls. Ah. And my mom used to, like, buy me dolls and, like, okay, go play in there. You yes. know, don't let people see you, whatever. I know you uh. like this, you know. So my sister 
sister had to take that role and she became she became my mom yeah. like with regards to that yeah since so That's yeah so beautiful yeah. I, i love it i think growing up in an affirming environment really builds a very very strong and confident queer child you know and i think for me that's what every queer child deserves and needs mm. in this world you know um to be able to be surrounded by that love it makes you very confident yeah and that's what you need you need a lot of confidence to be able to navigate through life and yeah. to overcome certain things but is there one particular thing that you wish you knew when you were in school that you know now never allowed never allow yourself to be boxed yeah um because yeah. yeah. i was boxed a lot growing up um you know okay because i was an a grade student mm. i'm supposed to take physics mathematics whatever what if i wanted to take drama yeah. you know yeah. even though like i was like you know an a grade student you know stuff like that i was always boxed throughout like i only stopped allowing myself to be boxed when i left corporate because throughout I've just been boxed from high school to varsity to corporate you know boxed based on like my academic achievements based yes, on yes. like me being smart whatever the case may be you know I feel like I was ripped off the opportunity to allow myself to express myself in different ways like whether it be it creatively mm. or whatever the case may be that wasn't inside that box of oh no you're smart you're supposed to do this 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 mm. this this yeah so that's one thing I wish I knew back then I think it's so beautiful Yeah. That's so beautiful because a lot of the times as young people we get so easily boxed in things. Mm. We get told that if if we try to be ourselves mm. and if we try to kind of embrace that thing mm. it's going to lead us to not actually getting to be the people yep, that we want to be. Yeah, it's not going to work. Yeah. yeah. Like we're going to fail and we're going to mm. you know receive all these other things. You know, I want us to talk a little bit about um masculinity. You know, have you ever found yourself in a position where you had to perform masculinity in order for you just to feel safe or if, to assert yourself in a space? You know, and I, and I asked this because I remember when I was still journeying through my identity as a person, I would always I always knew that people when you dress in a certain way, like if I dressed up in a masculine way and I wore a suit and I wore whatever, people perceived me automatically as straight. Mm. You know, they didn't know how I generally would identify. And I knew that it warranted some kind of respect from them yeah. because I dressed in a way that made them feel like I'm heterosexual. Yeah. You know, have you ever been in a position where you felt like yes. you, you needed to perform masculinity to feel safe? A lot of times actually and um some of the times were even like cases where by like I felt like that's how it's supposed to be because like I said like I have I had been boxed a lot of times so, yeah. you know even yeah. even in my me I've never really been in a closet like I've all as much as like I've always had straight friends but like mm. they're always new. However, um them being comfortable great like going back into like that age them being comfortable was most of the time because i was very masculine presenting yes you know so part of me is like were you really masculine presenting or were you masculine like being masculine presenting just so that the people next to you or around you can mm. be like mm. comfortable with you you know um but to answer your question yes i've had to to like, play masculine yeah. a lot of times especially when i first moved to joburg yeah So I'm the type of person that like in as much as like I'd rock this fit I'd get this from like a boutique or like whatever yeah. but the shoes I'd go thrifted I'd go to Joburg Central I want to go to Small Street you know yes, and whatever you yes. know So I'd I'd be there and most of the times like the streets in of Joburg at that time were very intimidating to me so I had to be intimidating so that like I can feel safe. So yeah. for me to feel safe I had to be very masculine presenting, you know. Funny enough that has changed. Like right now I strut. 
Yeah, I will strut in the I strut I strut in the streets of Joburg right now. I'll have I'll have my earphones on and depending on whatever music is playing, it will change the rhythm of how I'm strutting, you know. Um but but I definitely ha- had to to have been in so many situations whereby I had to be masculine presenting yeah, yeah. so that I can feel safe. Mm. I mean, would you say that there's a certain level of privilege that comes with masculinity? I think a lot of the times people fail to want to acknowledge that aspect, you know. Um, and I think it's something that we've got to be able to touch base on and acknowledge the fact that there's certain privileges yep. that a person gets because they are queer, masculine presenting. Yep. Yeah. So many. I can even talk about like personal experiences. Like um, in a gay circle, mm. there is that privilege because I've I've felt favored. In, in queer communities because yes. I was masculine presenting, yes. you know, I felt um, favored in straight communities because I was masculine presenting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt privileged in like a corporate space because I was masculine presenting, wow. you know, so they had, I have actually many, many, mm-hmm. many, many experiences whereby like I myself had to even put myself in that masculine like presenting like state so that i i know i can get this yes. privilege wow. you know so the privilege is definitely there definitely. it's definitely there and it's so sad that it's actually there even in the queer community yeah literally you know because like looking back and i'm like whoa like this person would have treated me much better had they met me like five years ago when i was just predominantly yeah, like masculine, masculine. presenting yeah. you know and it's kind of sad it is very yeah very but very sad the truth is yeah. the privilege is there yeah like yeah especially in corporate like uh, yeah yeah thank you so much for that thank you so much for that because a lot of the times people feel like there's an attack when you call out masculinity mm-hmm. and i think it's so important the truth for us is the to truth. note some of the privileges that it has you yep. know because we see it i mean when we go out in public and we're dressed in the most feminine of ways mm. we do get looked at yep we get gawked at and made to feel like we're less than and and all of those things and sometimes it can become very overwhelming mm. to be out in public dressed the way that you mm. want to be dressed you know can i share actually something like with regards to that recently because yes, i was because yes, i was at the ball and i was i went as a femme body so mm. i had a wig on i was looking very femme and very sexy Me you know funny. after the ball ah. you know Went to like shell to like you know get like late night munchies because mm. I mean we just came from the ball we were mm. blunting and everything and damn like actually like I felt what women or like femme presenting bodies, bodies feel yeah. yeah it's not nice and I'm like they have to go through this each yeah. and every day yeah shit like I remember getting out of the Uber getting into like the actual like I'm feeling station there was just a whole bunch of like taxi drivers there and whatever and they started thirsting like they were thirsting like some of them approached you know wanted to like you know like make advances and yeah, everything yeah, like that yeah yeah, yeah that happens. was just so uncomfortable you yeah. know and and how I know that I felt uncomfortable is that like when I'm getting that type of attention, when I'm dressed like this as myself, mm. oh, I love it. Yeah. I love the attention. Yeah. Like, by all means, like, come through. But it there's, 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 there's something that, like, felt very uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, very me being in a... Yeah, like, like, like yeah. I felt objectified, yeah. if I can put it like yeah, that, you know. Definitely. And it's sad. Yeah, because it doesn't mean if you wear revealing clothes that you want to be objectified. Yeah. You know, it doesn't it doesn't warrant you to treat me the way that you think I should be treated because I'm I'm wearing revealing clothing. Mm. You know, and I think this on itself also touches base on on sex work in itself. You know, and when you look at it, it's like people think just because you're a sex worker, mm. they can treat you the way that they want 
treat you. Mm. And I think for me, that's kind of inappropriate and it's something that we need to get over, you know, yeah. and not really promote at all. But I think the most important thing, I mean, how do you navigate relationships with um, cishet men? And I ask this question because I, I somewhat no longer feel safe in straight spaces. And sometimes when I have, I'm friends with straight people, when they are around the other straight friends, I tend to feel a little bit on edge, mm. you know, and uncomfortable. So how do you navigate that? Okay. Fortunately, like my, my friends with my, like, like I said, 80% of my friends are straight, Yeah, you yeah. know, um, but because I, I always like affirm my boundaries wherever I go, you know, so the friends that I am friends with are friends with me because of who I am, yeah. not because of what sexual orientation I am and stuff Beautiful. like that, you know. So the, the straight friends that I have, like, I don't have to compromise myself for them to feel comfortable. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm myself wherever we are, even when we are with their friends, like, I'm still myself, you know. Like, I have the type of friends that would... If we go to a different like setting that's new for me and then like maybe there's someone else who's not used to like queer people being around they take it upon themselves to be like yo this is my boy and it's either you respect him or i'm out i love that you know so that. fortunately i i have i have friends like that but then again i i don't think i'd be friends with straight guys or straight girls that like Makes do not like, yeah yeah you know not like definitely like it was a journey for me to be comfortable myself yeah, yeah, so i wouldn't yeah. compromise that like with anyone mm. whether you are a friend like i feel like boundaries are not immune to anyone boundaries are not immune to family i yeah. can create boundaries around family i don't care whether we are related with blood definitely. or whatever you know boundaries are not immune <laughs> to like friends anything you know so i i never get well in in my straight or cis head like um friendships but i do know that there there's it can a become lot a bit of a lot sometimes yeah, yeah there, there's a lot of challenges that a lot of people face there but i think it's important to note that um there are people that create a safe space for you and i think for me if you can be able to navigate those relationships but feel safe mm. that's good you know? but it also it also takes it, it's 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 your responsibility as well to yeah. to educate, educate and create those like because I always do that, like I always do that in whatever spaces I am. Like same, same, yeah, like same. I always create that awareness, even yeah. though like maybe it's something that they were not like aware of that yeah. maybe they were doing because also they have that heteronormative privilege. privilege you know, yes. sometimes they do things that they actually don't realize that oh, it's actually inappropriate. Yeah, inappropriate. Cool, you know, yeah. so I always remind them like. Yeah. That's I don't care whether you're my friend or not. I yeah. will put you in your place. It's like and that whole idea. I always tell people when you are, when for example, people are internally homophobic. I think I always call that thing out. You yes. Know, I think it's so inappropriate. Mm. Like you cannot be queer and in a queer setting. Yeah. You are being internally homophobic to somebody yep. else. That I found that so like redundant. Yep. Sometimes I'm like, what? Why are yep. you doing that? We're in the same war. Like, yep. People are all fighting for their exactly. lives. Exactly. Like, you know, so you can't be out here trying to be like, because if they say there's going to be an attack on queer people, they're coming for all Both of us. us. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Be like no you are oh, yes exactly no case. they're coming for they're you coming too for all of us yeah yeah but anyway purpose is very important and i think it's a very important discussion i often tell uh you know my friends as well i mean do you feel like you found your purpose and and what does purpose mean to you oh that's a beautiful question because <laughs> i definitely have found my purpose um the first wow. time i found my purpose was when i was in varsity i was a peer educator mm. i was a peer educator and I counselor on campus so i was part of a, a, a center on campus that basically had a nine-week program whereby yes. like yes. um we invite any student that wants to learn and whatever we sit down every week and we for two hours we discuss things that we 
normally don't discuss with our elders or yes, stuff like yes. that you know so i was facilitating that program so i had like different students from all across the country you know a student that comes from the villages that has never been around like you know people in the urbans a student that comes from a very white family that has never been around black people mm. a student that comes from a very like um homophobic family yeah, that has you yeah. know and like it was just so beautiful like going through those weeks and seeing their perspectives change mm. you know so that's the first time i felt my purpose then from varsity moved to corporate uh kind of lost my purpose yeah. because you weren't really into it that much yeah like and as much as like i was i was i was in it i was in it corporate each and every day like i would leave the office having over 50 people that i helped with like different things yes. but it wouldn't feel the same as that one person in varsity in my class that came to me and said um i think i said something rude to like a gay person yeah um what do you think i can do to change that mm. that like fucking it's, like it made your heart yes you know so through through my me being like a sex worker pornographic Ooh. actor and an adult entertainer i found the purpose that i felt when i was a peer educator yeah. because the, my industry is a very taboo industry mm. you know it's it's an industry whereby like people don't talk about, about like everything yeah, and everything so you know in so many ways um but my purpose is to make it vivid make it mm -hmm. like to like i i i create these conversations i want to be part of these conversations i push the awareness mm -hmm. through the the platform that i have you know like i have the privilege that like you know i have a very big platform mm -hmm. and i'm very much open to like you know doing collaborations with like institutions that like you know are for sex positivity yeah. body positivity yeah. you know stuff like yeah. that so i really have found my purpose in what i'm doing currently i love that yeah love that so much they, you know listen i really think that for me gets me so excited i mean can we talk a little bit about cyberbullying? and i mean we're gonna talk get into a conversation to talk more about you know sex work and what it is that you really get to do but i, I also wanted to have a great understanding of where you come from the things that you've been through but i want us to talk a little bit about cyberbullying because a lot of your work entails you being on a digital platform if we look at back at the history i mean when you started getting comfortable with your identity as well you were using digital platforms mm -hmm. you know how do you navigate cyberbullying and i mean if is this something that you have dealt with um to be honest i don't think i put myself in a space to allow myself to be cyberbullied mm. i know it's there mm -hmm. i'm not disputing that it's not yeah. you know but i i affirm myself so much in a sense that like you know what I, I found my purpose and like no matter what you say like it you can't change that definitely you know so i feel like people this is also like an advice that i can give to like people that are listening people target like cyber bu bullies bullies yeah they target someone that they can see that okay cool there's a little bit of vulnerability here mm. we can go for it mm. you know because cyber bullies want to get an effect after doing yeah. the bullying yeah. activity yeah. you know so um cyber bullying for me like it kind of happened like early like early 2020 mm. when like my 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 brand basically started but that was like one or two like occurrences and like i really didn't give them any power mm. you know and i feel like because of the way that i carry myself in the work that i do yeah. you know like i don't frown upon whatever i do you know so i feel like there's 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 that gave me like the ability to not be like prone to like cyberbullying mm. really because mm. I, I can't i can't say like i've i can remember a time where by like i was yeah. yeah you know um 
I don't re- I don't I don't take like slut shaming as cyber bullying because yeah. to me ugh, I mean hey look it is cyber bullying in a sense it is if somebody's gonna be out there calling out your body slut shaming you saying all of these horrible things it is cyber bullying yeah. you know? and I think it's something that we should not condone and I always want to be able to block people when they're doing something like that and I think it's 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 inappropriate for people to be able to do that and disrespect other people's craft and the work that they're doing you know so I totally understand what you see what you mean I mean and I love the fact that you are not allowing yourself to be a victim of that and you're choosing to say I'm not going to entertain that as part mm. of my life because there's a work that I have to do yeah so thank you so much for that yeah I'm really enjoying this chat <laughs> I am too <laughs> I'm loving it darling you're saying darling make sure that you do the damn things that need to be done we're going to be getting into a little bit of some identity to define and when we're back we're going to continue with this beautiful and insightful conversation see you after this Hi guys, my name is Letabo Bering. I'm a proud, out, visible South African man. My pronouns are he, him, they, them. And I'm attracted to men. <laughs> um, as long as you're cute, you breathe. Um, anything goes. I don't have a specific type. Feminine, masculine presenting. Yeah, anything goes. That was identity defined right here on the Queer Superhero Show. I'm still chatting to Marlon67, and we're chatting about quite a lot of things. I always think it's so important for us to understand where a person comes from. You know, the things that they've gone through, their childhood, their upbringings, the things that they've man- they've managed to kind of overcome over the years. And one thing that we were talking about before we went away, we spoke a lot about uh, you know cyberbullying and a lot of that. And the reason I asked that is because I want us to touch on mental health. You know, and and just before we get into the sex work part and a bit of everything, because I feel you know mental health is something that even sex workers get to go through as well mm-hmm. so you know um, have you had a fair share of dealing with mental health and ha- how have you navigated that um funny enough the time i i had like my episodes of mental health was when i was still in corporate mm. because that's when i wasn't choosing my happiness yeah. and i think yeah. Yeah. that's when like i was prone to be like you know compromising my mental health mm. um yeah, but that went out the window after I quit corporate. However, it's out the window because I practice mental health all the time. Like, I maintain my mental health. So every two months, I take myself to Cape Town um, because that's where I get to meditate and disconnect from the world. Yes. So I go to I take myself to Cape Town, book myself in a hotel and disconnect yeah switch off my phone i just wake up go to the beach meditate come back go have like a solo brunch read a book come back sleep like i meditate go into nature and Mm. just like do that you know because a lot of times like within the sex work practices that i do like i meet a lot of different energies you know and sometimes like a client's problems can actually get to you because yeah very true for instance like you find that a client has booked me for an hour cool it's a client that has like drama with his wife whatever blah 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 Mm -hmm. cool booked me for an hour first 10 minutes he's already came because yeah. my sex is bomb and he's not used ah. to that sex because that wife is not giving him that I'm so the, for the rest of the 50 minutes I am his therapist because this man is telling me how his marriage is mm-hmm. what's not working what his wife is making him feel like whatever and I'm there to like you know just like comfort him and yeah. whatever blah 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 yeah. and sometimes that can take a toll on your mental Definitely. health as well you know 
so that's why like I always take time for myself to just go away not get do any bookings not do any sex work not do anything but meditate and just cleanse and realign my chakras because I'm a chakra hand yes I'm a chakra, I'm a chakra hand. hand I'm an astrologer Leo sun yes. I'm Libra sun Leo yes. moon cancer rising Ooh. you know so yeah I practice like maintaining like my mental health because it's very important mm. yeah I mean you mentioned that you were in corporate and now you know you eventually ventured on into sex I mean what really inspired you to say you know what I'm going to be a sex worker and this is going to be my job and I'm going to love it I'm going to be going into it and I'm going to be like I don't care about you but just going to say say I'm going to be doing this I mean really I'm very fascinated to find that out so the inspiration be- behind me um, quitting corporate wasn't entirely based on me becoming a sex worker because at that time I wasn't really full- a full time sex worker Yeah. Um, the- but the time I quit corporate um, I was on, on, on YFM, I had a radio show, mm. um, those were one of my motivations because I'd feel the differences when I'm in corporate and when I'm like in a studio with other creatives and yes, stuff, you yes. know, like I'd feel like so energized and so happy, you know, mm. and funny enough, I'd only spend like an hour like in studio at the YFM studios and then have to go back to the office, you know. Which was so sad because like I'd be there for that hour and yeah. then ugh, I'd, I wouldn't want to go. But mm. hey, hey yeah, I have office work waiting for me, you know. Calling. So there was that. There were so many other factors from how I was told how to dress, mm. how to behave and stuff like that. And it was so weird because like, you know, I'd have like instances whereby like because I was doing IT, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd get assigned and most of the time I would get assigned to like, you know, help an executive with like, you know, their IT issue because um, the, the IT head figured out that I have interpersonal skills, you yes. know. So I'd get there in the exec's office, take off my blazer. I usually would wear like short sleeves, yeah. which would show my tattoos. Mm. I'd button my shirt till like my cleavage here, mm. you know. And then there would, I, I remember some other time, my IT head, like when I was done, like helping one of the execs came to me. It's like, you know, there are married men here. And I'm like, uh so it's like yeah i feel like you must wear a long sleeve just button your shirt till here and i'm like that wow. time i'm doing it okay. i'm bending over under desks i'm opening switchboards no. and motherboards oh, and wow. i am sweating and you still want me you know and the fact that like i would be helping an executive and they wouldn't have a problem with that if anything they would love how i'm very interactive while i'm like you know helping them with their like yeah, technical yeah. issues because one of the major things that like the exec liked that I was different from my IT team is because IT team is full filled with nerds. I'm a very different type of nerd, you know. Whereas like maybe they would assign this issue to someone else, they would go there and just be a nerd and just work on the issue. I get there, I'm talking to you while I'm helping you with your IT issue, finding out how your day was, you know, and most of the time that's what people want, especially someone who's not technologically inclined. Yeah, yeah. You know, you need to assure them that okay, cool. Everything's gonna be yeah, fine. everything's gonna be fine. And I'm also very truthful. Like if I feel like okay, cool, this issue is 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 is, is big for like what I'm doing I'll tell them like listen I'm still trying to figure it out do you want to give me like 10 more minutes to do that mm. you know stuff like that you know um, but to be honest like I started being very unhappy like with corporate yeah. Um, yeah. one I also wasn't a morning person as well so waking up every day in the morning was an issue for me a lot of people much. when, I, t- a bit too much, when I tell people this they're like 
like you sounding very privileged like people like don't have jobs they would love to wake up and and i'm like but uh -uh. i grew up Mm. to be told that okay cool because you have this you know if it doesn't make me happy it doesn't make me happy definitely like i am not gonna sit here and pretend that like okay just because i have this job it makes me happy no if it doesn't it, it doesn't. doesn't and me choosing myself is 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 valid mm. that is always valid you know so i remember like the, the october 2019 mm. october is my birthday month oh, so i uh, took i took the whole month leave i took myself to dubai and bali just to do like a self love journey mm. like a self love vacation mm. you know i remember firstly they didn't want me to take leave i had like over 30 days of leave because i was the type of person that doesn't get sick so i I never use my sick leave you know so when i had to take my leave they had an issue no you can't take leave for more than two weeks but why i have 30 days on the system why can't i use them you know stuff like that no because you're you're you know one of the best in the team whatever that's not my issue get other people so that they can do what I'm doing or whatever the case may be, you know, but if I need to take time for myself, I need to take time for myself. And I feel like corporate doesn't like they don't care. Yeah. Like corporate doesn't care, guys. You'd be mm-hmm. sick and they'll mm-hmm. be like, Hey, you need to be there, you know? Yeah. So it's stuff like that. Like I just introspected after during this 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 vacation. And then I came back and then I was like, I'm out. Yeah. At that time I wasn't even a sex worker, you know. So sex work for me only started in April 2020. Yeah. Because that's when like um DL Fuck Passion which was a story that I released yes, in September yes, 2019 those. became popular mm. and then everyone wanted more of it and then people were like we want more we want visuals and I'm like hmm listen I d- I'm not just an IT graduate for nothing. Mm. I was also mm. a business management major. I had a business management major and then one of the modules we were taught to see a gap in the market and, and utilize it. Yes, so when people were like we want visuals I'm like oh okay. I'm an actor. I can take what I wrote yeah. and act and then, as the main uh, character. And I did that. Wow. And that's how like, I got into like porn because like... Um, and that was just before COVID. So like, yes, it, it was, boomed more yes. because now people were indoors. Yes, exactly. Wow. During COVID, like my yeah. popularity went like... Yes, yeah, it flew because yeah, people were looking for more entertainment. Yes. Yeah, and at that time I stopped having like um um gigs at the club because I used to work at the strip club. Yes. So there were no gigs at the club. Mm, there was nothing, COVID. you know. So that actually really worked for me. Yeah. What yeah. inspired the name Marlin Sixty Seven? I mean, it's, it's very interesting. <laughs> I mean, when people think about yo, if I'm gonna go into porn, yeah, what be my porn name? Sixty Seven. <laughs> you know something? But you Marlin Sixty Seven, honey. Yeah. Um. So I went to the University of Pretoria, right? And there used to be this gay nude bar called um sauna boys yes Ooh. it was it was in linwood um not a lot of people actually knew linwood, about it yeah i mean uh, um, you know, like a in Pretoria, uh, like. that's not even a nude bar that's like a gay bar yeah like and dina is actually still, it's still popping poppin'. yeah guys y'all it's still popping university years i used to be <laughs> in the season i was that girl they better respect me yeah mm-hmm. so anyway so then i went to this nude bar got there so when you get to the nude bar yeah. you you pay and then you take you take your clothes off yes. and you basically like sign in like the register mm. and i was like i'm definitely not using my name what do i feel like on mm. that day 
I felt like a Marlin, mm. you know. I felt like a Marlin, so I wrote Marlin. And the 67 comes from the fact that I've always had this narrative in my head that 67 will be a household name. Mm. Even way before, like, I started watching Pose or, like, yeah. Paris is Burning, yeah, you know, yeah. knowing about, like, houses, you know. I was like, okay, cool. I am Marlin 67. Yes. And that's how it came out. Look and when I was in that nude bar, I was, I embodied Marlin 67. Marlin 67 is a fearless bitch. Marlin 67 is a bad bitch. Marlin 67 is a sex she positive a person. You already know. Body positive. Marlin 67, they'll be like, take off your clothes. Marlin 67 will take them yes. off now and still feel comfortable, you know? So that's where Marlin 67 comes from. I mean, you spoke a little bit about the, the ballroom culture, which is something that's important that holds houses very dearly. I mean, and you have invented a new house called you know, House of 67. What really inspired that? I mean, I, I recently also, had, I was at the ballroom and I, I launched my house, House of Lamar. Yes, um, and I have two daughters, you know, and it's really lovely, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, what really inspired House House of 67? All right. Um, so, House of 67 really, like, I've always had the narrative, like I said, that, like, I was going to have a house, but I mm. didn't know, like, mm. that it was going to be House of 67. Yeah. But what really pushed me was that each and every day I'd wake up and I'd get like gazillions of DMs, like people DMing Marlon, like, oh my gosh, I love what you do. How can I do this? Oh, yeah. can you can you be my mentor? Oh. Do this and whatever. And I was like, you know what? Instead of being a mentor, I'd like to be like a house father or a house mother, you know? Mm. So I'm a house father, but they call me mother. Yes, mother of house yes. of 67 years. So I was like, you know what? Um, I'm actually going to start a house yes. and in my house I just want people that are passionate about their purposes mm. like we all have our different purposes like in the house definitely, like definitely. I have Star who is my house brother who is very passionate about like you know videography and yes. being a porn director so wow. he is currently my porn that. director people are really loving they want to push the porn direction thing and I think I love that because that's going to like really change up the scene as well and make yep. it more good quality you know yep. I think that's all we need because we've got the stars we've got the people that really want to be doing porn yes. I think it's beautiful but the thing is or like the trick is is that House of Six is not only about that like mm. we're not only like about people that are passionate in like in, sex, in sex work yeah that's beautiful. i have two house daughters one of them is a farmer she's a oh, wow. black owned female farmer she owns a farm and she's also an owner of a rolling paper brand called nation she's the she's actually one of like the first few people in the country yes. that are black and are female that own a farm and actually create something from the farm you know yeah so she's that she's also a dj her mm. stage name is, is Darth Vagina yeah. um, I also have a daughter Who is in corporate mm. You know she, She's in corporate But she's also like A theatre girl Like her creative passion yeah. Is 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 is, is Theatre and stuff like that You know So that basically shows That the house is not Necessarily about like People that are sex workers mm. But anyone that has a passion yeah, yeah, And, and wants to push The passion good. Exactly yeah. So yeah The house is about that Um we, we cater for like each and everyone like yeah. at queers and allies yeah. my house brother is straight identifying my house daughters are queer identifying wow, and I am nice. sexually fluid so yeah yeah I mean look you know the ballroom scene is kind of getting very popular in South Africa there's a lot of you know ballroom scenes out there that are happening what is your opinion on the current stance when we look at ballroom in South Africa in particular okay ballroom makes me so happy because it's one platform that ga basically gives us like the platform to express ourselves but 
particular the ballroom culture in Joburg, I think there's a long way to go. Mm. Um, there's mm. there's underlying politics that are there. Definitely. You know, um, that I think we should work on like eradicating them. Yes. You know, like ball is not about like who's popular or who is popular in the streets or mm. who, mm. you know, ball is about like inclusivity. Yeah. Ball is about family, yes. you know. Um, I feel like if anything, like the balls like must only allow houses to participate in yes, walks yes. because that's what the culture is about it's you about know very true. you know watch paris is burning watch pose like yes. it's about that you know it's not just about snatching those trophies i always tell my house that like when we walk mm. at a ball mm. it's not about us snatching a trophy mm-hmm. it's about like us mm. having fun, fun and, and, and yes well, representing know? the house and just like being around queer people and like expressing ourselves freely you know so i really feel like ball culture has a long way to go in in johannesburg or in south africa definitely um but it really is something that can be worked on i'd like to see more of le grand ball because that's where i've actually felt like oh okay this is it this is the community you know so i'd like to see more of le grand ball um i'd like to see more of other balls really yeah, like definitely. if house of lamont starts a yeah, ball right. honey we if are coming yes you know no definitely yeah i love that i mean i think you know there is room for growth <laughs> yeah and i think that's one thing that we're going to begin to see as we go forward i think i am proud of the girls persevering in mm. that space i'm proud that they're people who are actually kind of just pushing that ideology yeah you know because um very often we tend to neglect that and, and that's one of one way for us to kind of grow our community for yes i mean you're a man of many talents um and i hear that you're going to be in the new season of unmarried ah can you tell us a little bit about that how did you get the role how did you audition and get casted okay um okay my <laughs> my character is a very dramatic character Ooh, drama honey <laughs> my character is very dramatic uh, my character is a femme body oh nice yeah lovely. My character wears wigs. Ooh, like my character yeah, you is are coming in with drama. Yeah, my character is a bad bitch. You know, uh, my character is very fun. Um, but like, what I, I want to touch on with regards to me being on a production like that or production like Ferguson Films. Yeah, I remember my experience also like when I was with other actors when we are like doing makeup and whatever. Mm. You know, we ask each other, "What do you do outside of acting?" Yeah, you know, and one thing that I always like. I'm proud about is what I do you know yeah. I told them I'm a porn star yeah. I'm a porn star I'm an adult entertainer um, you know and that's one thing that I want to push yes. so that when someone comes so normal yes well, exactly you know? like yeah, when yeah. someone hears that Marlon 67 is a pornographic actor that's not the only acting I can do yes. I can do TV acting I can do theater acting mm. I can do whatever acting you know and me carrying myself like that will basically try and like eradicate the stigma around sex workers around because it's not like just because i'm a sex worker the only thing i can do is have good sex Mm. or sell sex you know Mm. there's so many other things i can do creatively like i said i'm a writer i'm a model i'm Mm. an actor you know all of Mm. that so yeah being on set was so fun ferguson film set is really really fun you know um uh, being with all the other actors and creators like it's it it was very beautiful Mm. um my my role is a cameo role um so far i'm gonna be on 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 the first episode two scenes um i'm not sure yet if i'm gonna have any other scenes but i'm 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 happy that like you know they firstly 
a queer role is taken by a queer person. Yes. I'm really happy about that. And I'm really happy that like I get to explore like many many different characters. Yes. You know, the last character that I did on TV was also a queer character but masculine presenting, you know. Mm, mm. Now I am like a, a non-binary character, oh, wow, you know. That's so lovely. that's that's very yeah. I yeah. actually really enjoy. It's coming out on the 8th of April. Yes, yeah, like, so, Zala, Magic Show Max. Yes, yeah. shout out. I think it's amazing that we getting to see more visibility and more representation in that way on television. We need more of it, particularly in South Africa, particularly the African mm. continent. I think it is something that we continuously need to advocate for. And shout out to you for being able to be given that opportunity and for also advocating for sex workers within having multifaceted. Yes. You know? And I think for me, that's also an exciting thing. I mean, let's talk a little bit about how do you choose your clients and how do you, you know, measure your rates? And I ask this because a lot of the times we're very, somebody even did ask me the other day, I was like, yeah, but how do people in sex work actually like, you know, calculate this is how I'm going to charge this is, you know, how do you get to choose your clients? Because obviously I think, do the clients choose you or do you choose the clients? So the clients choose me. Mm. First of all, I'm a premium escort. So what that means is that if you can't afford the sex, party, the, the sex experience that I'm yeah. going to give you, yeah. don't chance, you know. Um, so I don't choose my clients. My mm. clients come to me and basically they'll be like, okay, cool. I want to book you for this and then that. Mm. Then I decide if I want to take the client or not, mm. you know. But most of the time, my clients, it's based on who can afford yes. you know because my services like are very premium like i said mm. you know um but yeah I, I basically like do not choose my clients mm. they just basically come to me so as well with like collaborations yeah. people come to me and then i choose if I, I want to collaborate with you or whatever the case may be but um yeah i don't negotiate my rates yeah. if a client cannot afford uh, my rates out. then out Ooh. out with it like if you ain't got the money hey, <laughs> if you ain't got the money yeah listen if you ain't got the money don't come to it honey yeah no don't try to do the most nah. listen i think it's so interesting how you know there's not really much of a porn industry in south africa you know and i want to get your take on it i mean what do you think about you know just the porn industry at large not particularly focusing on queer content creators mm-hmm. i mean there are such platforms as only fans and what is your take on only fans and on on, on the porn industry particularly in south africa okay i'm gonna start with your question with regards to only fans mm. what i like about only fans is that like it gives you the agency to decide what and how you want to do it nice you know for instance right now sex work is not legal in south africa mm. you know which makes other sex workers um you know fi- find themselves in situations whereby they accept rates that they wouldn't generally like charge, charge. for you yeah, know yeah, yeah. and stuff like that but like what i like about only fans is you choose what content you want to put on there and mm. you choose how much you want to sell your content for mm. you know so that gives like sex workers like the agency to just feel empowered and be like okay <coughs> excuse me mm. feel empowered and be like okay cool um i can do this my way mm. basically you know um okay yeah so that's the that's yeah. the part of the only fans um you also asked porn about in porn in south africa yeah. yes Long way to go. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, people are trying. Yes. You know, the people are trying. I what I can say is from the time that I actually started yes. in the industry to mm. now, I've seen progress, a whole like, lot of progress, yeah, you know. I'm loving those guys, the ones yes. that film in the, in the, in the 
soccer match. Oh, rope boys, Mzansi rope boys. Coming along very nice, you know. They've been pushing it out. I mean, look, let me tell you something. A lot of the people overseas, they want to see some Africans having sex in a shack. Yes. Because you know, there's a kind of that fetishization. Yes. You know, yes. They want to be like, ooh, yes. in a shack. It's very different from their yes. world. So very, you know. So I'm, I only say to myself, if you just get a good camera in there, yes. you're gone. You know what? You're I can gone. touch on that, but I'm not. Show if I'm allowed. No, to. you can't, girl. Oh yeah, cool. So my experience with 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 Mzansi Raw Boys is that I love their creative concepts. Mm. I love how like they literally like are, are really down for like yeah. being African, African and like yeah, you know, producing that, that African content. I, however, do not agree with how they do the like how they run their things, like mm. you know the from the management role and stuff. Mm. Um, I feel like there's a some sort of like an not even entitlement but like the sex workers that they book mm. they treat them like oh, you're just a sex oh, worker yeah and i don't like that because yeah. they once tried booking me and there's a certain way in, in which, which i want someone to you know yeah speak to me or whatever the case may be i don't care whether you pay me or not but like speak to me like yeah. i'm a fucking human being yes, you know yes. um so there's just like a couple of stuff that i don't generally yeah. agree with them with regards to their logistics and how they do stuff but mm. with regards to their content Love it. Yeah. Love oh. it, love it, love it, love yeah, it. Yeah, no, I think it's great. So but we still have a long way to go, yeah. like, with regards to the South African industry, like, um, but with the likes of, like, Oli, you know, she's really yes. pushing, Oli's like, yes, for, the, for the for the straight and porn yeah, industry, she's, she's pushing. It filmed properly now. Yes. You know, Casey Waves is Casey one Waves. of her. Yeah, yeah Casey shout out to Casey. I love Casey, Casey Waves. Casey is yes. like a very great ally. Yeah, beautiful like ally. I love, love straight him. guys like that. Yeah, you know, love him. Love yeah. Him. Like, uh, I'd like to actually collaborate with please, Casey Waves, but Casey, if you're watching, honey, hit us yeah, up. soon, soon. Yeah, yeah. Let me get like your money right so yeah. that yeah, because yeah, I have like a production company that I'm collaborating with and mm. I do my work with. But like, I'm also open to like collaborating with other creatives, you mm. know, so that to get mm. like a different like yeah, but the. The, the South African porn industry has a long way to go mm. but if we do carry on with people like me yeah. being there to like you know remove the stigma and everything yes. we can definitely kill it yeah definitely we have we have the dicks we have the we have everything you know we have Africa and that's what the whole world is once the world like most of the time like you know when I'm like in space and whatever American content creators like Confuse me for being part of them yeah, until I speak. And then they're just like, oh, <gasps> Once they speak, they're like, Where you from? Where you from, I'm like, You know, so like the world wants that. Yeah. They're fascinated about yeah. Africa, how we I mean, speak, how we carry ourselves. What do you think about people saying, I mean, I want to know what sexual role you are. Okay. And what do you think about people saying verse sex is better? And do you necessarily have to be verse? I feel like there's this pressure to be versed in porn, you know, where I feel like there's no more bottom top thing anymore. It's like, you've got to be versed if you want versatility and if you want to be a book mm. girl, you know, you've got to be able to, you know, penetrate and also receive. Mm. And that's how you're going to get booked. And I don't know, I'm, I'm very keen to get your kind of opinion on that. What are your sexual roles? And what do you think about people having to be just versed so that they can be getting booked in porn? Okay, my roles, I am versatile, yes. but I'm sexually fluid. Okay. So what that means is that um yes i'm versatile i can give and receive mm. but me being sexually fluid is that like if i get booked mm. into a porn scene that has a bisexual woman a straight man and a trans man mm. i'd still be able to like perform and perform well yes. you know um 
with regards to like being versed in the porn industry that definitely has an advantage because yeah. i mean if you're getting booked to top you can do it if you're getting booked to bottom you yes. can do it you know but you still need to be able to do both you know you can't just like say okay cool i want to be versed because then i'm gonna get booked more mm. like you still need to be able to perform in yeah, that role in that you're that in you, that you, are, you know yeah. so um with me um I'm, I'm like i said i am versatile um however a lot of my viewers enjoy seeing me bottoming bottoming <laughs> yes <laughs> they enjoy seeing me take dig and um because like i said you know i am a business major like graduate yeah. you know i study my market and my audience yeah, you know and yeah. some as much as like i decide what i want to give them but yes. like it's also like what they want what you know want. Very true, very so true. i curate my content around that mm. you know most of the time me taking the bottoming role but mm. that's when i'm on camera mm. off camera honey, honey i am there like yeah, enjoying yeah. ass like I'm, i'm i'm very keen to find out what does your family think about you doing only fans and being a sex worker okay you know I, i think this is a very important thing and even in terms of that how do you navigate relationships if you want to explore the idea of being in a relationship with someone like a romantic relationship like a romantic relationship okay yeah let's start with the family question so like i said you know how with how i i, I specified like with regards to the whole cyber bullying i don't mm. allow mm cyberbullying to mm. get to me yes. same way like i said like family is not immune to boundaries yeah. so with my family i only told the ones that i want them to know yeah you yeah. know i told them when i started and when i started like yo I, I, my popularity was very weird because when i started that's when yeah. you know so i was like okay cool i'm i'm, I'm becoming big let me let me tell who i want to tell so yes yes I told some of my family members and I told them not because they deserve to know but because I I wanted them to know mm. because I know that there's people that are spiteful maybe the people that know me and might yeah, know them they'll, they'll might see my right, content and scream and be like yeah you, you know so I I I loved for them to like hear it from me yes. you know um with regards to my sister which is my best friend with her she's very accepting it's just a matter of she wants you to teach her mm. like what is this what's that yeah, Um the relationship with my dad I kind of lost it like when my stepmom came in the picture mm. I stopped being the favorite son Eesh. I was the favorite son I was daddy's boy mm. you know so with him I just felt like ah you don't deserve to know it's whatever like yeah. you've chosen who you want to be your priority yes. blah, blah, blah. Yes. but he definitely knows as well it's just that we don't talk about it I talk about it with my sister my sister if anything like she actually like applies it in her life as well because yes. she has two sons I remember the last time when I went to go visit her she was like let's take a drive mm. so usually when she says let's take a drive she wants well, me to so drive like you know survives. yes yeah. so then she was like no let me drive cool because i want you to do the talk because i can't multitask like mm. can't talk and drive so i remember she was like so i told my sons that you're a stripper and i'm like oh, why no. and then she was like because i'd rather them hear it from me mm. that their mm. uncle is a stripper well well she didn't say porn star yeah. I mean, she said strip you know, because stripper, uh, you know, yeah, you know. for 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 them they teenagers them, yeah, yeah. Thinking, so she was like you know i'd i'd like it for them to hear it from me because when i say it to them i don't paint it like a bad thing mm. as opposed to if if someone like if they hear it from like maybe their school or yes. someone who knows yes. me whatever they'll be like oh your uncle is doing this whatever you know yes. so that was very beautiful for me because i was like wow like i really like that you know the fact that 
you don't have to understand what I'm doing, but yeah. like you accept it, and like as long as I'm happy, you're good. You're good. So yeah. And, and in terms of relationship, I mean, are you? Oh yes. No 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 no. I'm a lover at heart. I'm a lover at heart. It's just that like. In South Africa, there's not a lot of like guys that have open minded, yeah, that, that are open minded yeah, to that level, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, it's tough, it's tough, it's very tough, you know. And because I'm a lover and like I genuinely like really love love, mm. I'm never gonna be in a relationship if it's not it's fulfilling not really me, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I just feel like a lot of guys that want me, they just want the fantasy of dating yes, a porn star, literally. you know, they don't. They 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 are not ready to deal with what comes with it, you know. Yeah. Like from how they have to be a very like secure person. You can't be insecure. You can't be insecure because they'll they'll there's every day there's niggas that are hollering at me every day. You have to be secure about yeah, that and know that like key. if I choose you, I choose you. Mm. You know you have to be secure enough to know that like my job is to have sex with other guys yeah, but just know that like sex tough. with me and you is different than yeah. when i'm having sex with like a client or like a collaborator you know so i'm definitely like i'm always open on love i once yeah. cut niggas off but um i yeah. once had a very strong spiritual experience mm. um and it was the first time i saw my mom Eesh. after she died like after like years yeah. so like in 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 the spiritual experience that i had with her she told me she's like i don't want you to give up on love yeah so she was like because i yeah. died very early i want to put the love that i have for you in a, in a man and i want you i want him to love you to the way i would have loved you if i was oh, yeah wow. so listen it's been so really lovely having this chat they want us to wrap it up for the Listen, what would you like to say? I mean, I'm so sorry to just literally interject, but I think it's amazing that through the sexual activity that you were having, you had that spiritual interaction to be able to tap into actually have an engagement with your mother. Yeah. I thought for me that's so beautiful. Yeah. Because not only does it just show that she's approving of the life that you're living, she's also approving of the person that you that are. That I am. And I think I love that so much. Yes. You know? What would you like to say to somebody out there who is young and who's queer and who also wants to actually, you know, get into porn eventually one day and stuff like that? What would you like to say to them? Um, don't allow yourself to be boxed. Yeah. Pick yourself, choose yeah. happiness. Yes. Oh, sorry. Choose happiness and don't necessarily do things for money. Yeah. Because if you yeah. do, you're going to trap yourself. Mm. You're going to find yourself in situations whereby people are offering you like a whole m amount of money for yes. you to do something you're not comfortable with. Mm. Do this knowing that it makes you happy. Don't do it because... You I don't know you love sex and yeah. uh, you know do it because like it's genuinely you, you know it. and you want to impact like a positive impact into like the industry because we need a lot of that like in our industry so yeah, yeah. Oh guys, why? Why you gotta end this? What did we do? I know, I know, I know. Listen, it's not over until we play, you know, a show. Until we play a segment of the show. Ooh, would you top bottom of it? Obviously, Marlon, on this show, it's very important for us to play who would you top bottom of her? Okay. You know, I mean, you already mentioned to us, you was first. So I'm going to give you three names. Okay. And you got to decide who would you top, <laughs> bottom, offer. Okay. All right, cool. We have 
Raheem, the famous porn star that's leading out there in America doing the damn thing. Raheem Shabazz. Sir Raheem Shabazz. <laughs> yeah, and then we've got Jason Derulo. Guys, who is Jason? Ah, <laughs> yo, Jason, Jason Derulo. Yeah, and then we've got Gabriel Union. Okay. Yeah, so who would you top bottom of hers, honey? Alrighty, I would top Gabriella Union. Gabrielle Union. Yes. Okay. I would. Allow Raheem Shabazz to top me at bottom for him. Okay, so you, you bottom for him? Okay, yes. Okay, cool. And I am gonna bottom for Raheem. Okay. Oh, wow. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Which of his teammates are gonna verse with Jason Derulo? Yes, I'll definitely verse with Jason Derulo. Okay. Yep. Jason, you better give us some ring, honey. Hey. Hey. Oh, Marlon, this has been amazing. This has been incredibly amazing. Thank you so amazing. much for the work that you're doing in the sex work lane. Thank you so much for also preaching sex, sexual positivity. Thank you so much for also preaching sexual health because I know that's also something that we didn't really get to touch on until yeah. this, in this conversation. But yeah. I know it's something that you do. You yes. know, you have these articles out there that yes. people, please, if you want to download them, check out some of the things. I mean, he has given tips on how to bottom. He has given tips on how to practice safe sexual health within the porn industry, which is something that I really, really appreciate that the work that they're doing. So, Marlon, please keep at it keep going thank you and i think you're creating an awareness and you're also creating a safe space for people in an industry that people didn't think would make money from yeah because i think in this country and in this continent uh, you know sex work can be a lucrative thing yeah yeah it can be a lucrative lucrative thing yeah. so thank you so much my love thank you so much thank you so much all right everybody it has been an amazing conversation chatting to marlon 67 do make sure that you go out there and follow them on all those social media platforms and keep up with the work that they are doing my name is mondi the queer superhero remember to love yourself in all shapes Bye bye.